0: A Twilight Zone 1959, The Silence You're travelling through another dimension A dimension not only of sight and sound but of mind A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination That's the signpost up ahead Next up, A Twilight Zone Well, I can tell you you gentlemen Most erotic thing occurred in the market today Just erotic I've been dabbling in the syndicate It was some of the oil holdings in Texas. Jack Brewer handles our New York operation. It came on the floor today. I just happened to be there. This was about he has a sheaf of papers in his hands. He waves it to me. Now, if there is anybody I didn't want to see before noon or given any given day, it's Jack Brewer. He's a rogue assault. A little crude, non rich you know the type. Trolley old man, don't you mind? Do you mind if I sit here? Do you, boy? Well, where was I? Oh yes, Jack Brewer. He uh, walks across the floor to me with a tense voice, a voice absolutely shaken with intensity. He settles up to me and he whispers. He's got the most miserable habit of whispering. sort of voice, so that everyone in the world can hear him. Anyway, he says to me, Jim, I must scrape a quarter million. You're the only one that can do it for me. Now this brewer is speaking to me. A quarter million dollars? And I'm supposed to scrape it up for him? I mean, am I supposed to scrape it up? As though it was some kind of residue that we'd be literally scooped off the floor. To make a long story short, he arrives at the busiest time in the morning. Absolutely busiest time, he says to me, Jim, I've got an opportunity to cook corner i just got your letter Shh. our own friend is discoursing again well of course i looked a little ass at him because a bull wouldn't know a corner the market from a railway to a roadhouse but the only thing was that he's talking so much is his transparency in about 30 seconds he alfred he will be very nonchalantly asked for a loan from nobody within his shop. Just last week he asked me for a loan of a quarter million dollars. The letter you sent me was incredible thing I ever read. Archie, we're old friends. I must tell you my, my communication. Judas is not was, as an old friend, but as my lawyer. Is it the wager? I have in mind legal. No wager is legal in this state. Well, it gets law then. Anything criminal in it? I don't see anything criminal in it. No. Alfred, that's exactly what I want you to hear, wanted to hear from you. Franklin, will you take the note across the room to young Mr. Tennyson over there? Archie, you tell him it's from me. I ask him to read it immediately. Why, yes, sir. Note is that this man is carrying a man's coin across the club room in the form of a proposed wager. It's the kind of wager that comes without precedent. It stands alone in annals of bet-making as a strangest game of chance offered by one man or another to another. In just a moment, we we'll see the terms of wager uh, and what young Mr Tennyson does with about it. In the process, we witness all parties spin a wheel chance, a very bizarre casino called the Twilight Zone. Do you know what I could do with a call of a million dollars in a deal like this? But I could tell you this. I could trouble it, this could triple it. Buy with an initial investment of quarter million dollars. I could take this plastics thing, excuse me, Mr Denson. A note for you from Colonel Taylor. Put it down somewhere, Franklin. Excuse me, mister Tennyson. His instructions are that you'll read it immediately. I beg your pardon. Acts like he's he's seen a ghost. This is absolute nonsense. What's it what's it what about it, Tennyson? Is this some kind of joke? I mean, really, Colonel? Is it a joke? If it's a joke, suggests a sense of humour quite beyond me. It's not a joke. You know me reasonably well, Tennyson. You know that humor is perhaps the last developed aspect of my character. Quite serious. Would you mind terribly, Tennyson? If I've created the members of my position. Well, that's your business, Colonel. But your business. Do I, do I believe you quite that you will miss it yourself? You make it yourself hardly suspect. I take the risk. I propose a wager to Mr. Tennyson here. Wager, take the following form. I bet $500,000. He cannot remain silent for one year. Wager carries it with the following conditions. He will be placed in a room for observation by me or by any one of us at one our discretion. You furnish with everything desired by way of diversion. He will not be able to speak one single word for 12 months, not one single word. He will make his own. Was he once known in writing, but not by voice? What about it Tennyson? Well, if I may I ask, what is the reason for this wager? What well, about? I was about to say, might horrify the average person, but to someone insensitive as you, it probably doesn't mean a thing. I dislike your intensity, for Tennyson, beyond much beyond the ordinary distaste I feel for someone about bleeding, about principles, reading without principles, about manners. Your voice has become intolerable. I sit here every night, and the sound of it makes me wince. Can I ask you to resign from the club? I haven't got the right. So it occurred to me I am willing to offer a large sum of money just for some quiet. You see, Terson, you—you could not possibly remain silent for a year. It's not your nature. You're shallow, talkative, empty-headed. Never do well. And remain silent it will destroy you. So, what I assume will happen? You will perhaps withstand the pressures for three or four weeks, maybe a couple of months. Then you succumb. That's again your nature. In the meantime, I will derive all several months of exquisite silence. Tennyson, does it appeal to your sporting blood? Well, enough, it does appeal to my sporting blood. Now, that t- not too is patiently ridiculous. There's nothing sporting about you, Tennyson. I happen to know you're deliberate, delivering your nightly financial folder because you were in desperate straits. You ran for your inheritance, your debts are insurmountable. You'll do practically anything for money, except perhaps to remain silent for a year. If this is in well Europe or the company were more sophisticated, I'd be forced to invite you that out for the things you said to me. around rules here have a different. I can either annoy you or call your bluff. Well I set I choose to do the latter, I set your wager. Ah just a few questions. Where am I to be incarcerated? Well, in the old going room downstairs. Isn't it being used with the permission of the Board of Governors? Have done some work had some work done on it. We'll be a glass you'll be in a glass of closed living room and glide room. Microphones in place around the room, which you're to leave untouched. For every moment will be recorded so you will voice when you des- when you decide to give up. You will permit me or any one of us deserve you any time when, ah, uh, this is supposed to start. Well, the room should be prepared, could be prepared by for tomorrow night. I made all necessary inquiries. You could enter after any time after 10pm. So at 10pm, June 3rd, 1962, you may leave the room. At the time, I remain, have a check for $5,000 waiting for you, assuming, of course, that it impossible happens, you're able to remain silent for those 12 months. I'll be back tomorrow night. Oh, Connell, I would like to have the cheque certified, a place of deposit in my name, as a photosat, if available, and witnessed by another, every member of this club. This might be the usual procedure in a fish market, pool shop, but not in this club and not with me, because it's well known, to, as, so is my honour, as every member here will vouch for. There will be no cheque placed on deposit. You'll have to take my word, I see, is it my courage against your credit? Well, year from tomorrow night, both can be proved. Crankling, I'll get me my coat. Yes, sir. Crankling, Dennison, I know Colonel tay for a long time. This is not a compitious man. I will use deadly earnest. Do you know my wife, sir? Her name is Doris. She's a lovely thing, <gasps> frail, beautiful, fragile, like a cameo brooch. But she tastes, run to unfragile, fragile things sizeable bur- burbles and so sizeable price tags she shops at Tiffany's the way other women shop at supermarket my miserable misfortune is that I happen to be very much in love with her I am also so desperate in need of money <coughs> may sell men dramatic, dramatic but it happens to be true any time now Mr Tennyson any time oh Mr Tennyson dinner mm. yes sir is the eating well? appetite good not very much up to a week ago, sir. But he's eating very well now. Well, that's nice. I hope he stays in perfect health. I don't want this experience to damage him in any way. Quite conscious, sir. He's an excellent spirits since nine weeks now, sir. Nine weeks today he's been in there. Nine weeks? Well, that's really quite incredible. I'd give him four weeks, possibly, to hold out. Six at the outside. Nine weeks? There's a little bit more gristle than I give him credit for. Well, there'd be anything else, sir? Oh, hello, Alfred. Frankly, tell me you are waiting. I would propose this question to you. Very sus- succinct, see very brief. How long? How long what? How long are you going to keep up this prolonged practical joke? Well, not much longer. Thank you, Franklin. You should see your boy down there. Four and a half months, like the sound out of him. It's incredible. A flop. won't take it, take it for a month, I guarantee you. For your sake, I hope that's the case. My sake, you have the money, Archie. I find it insulting, Alfred. I'm sorry if it is. I think he's going to beat you, Archie. I think that boy down there is going to remain silent for a tie year. I think you're going to owe him five thousand, five hundred thousand dollars I just hope you've got it. You hear me, Tennyson, can't you? I've been giving this considerate fault. You've filled your part of the bargain A part. a matter of fact, you completely surprised me, Tennyson. But the fact is, I feel the whole thing has gone too far, becoming inhuman. i paid to offer you a thousand dollars. You may walk out today, right at this moment. You choose. It's going to be the spring this year, Turnison. You ought to see it. In that time of year, A young man's fancy lightly turns well. You know that better than I do. Young ladies too. For example, your wife. She must be lonely for you. Turnison desperately lonely. As a matter of fact, she, she is been seen with another young man it's odd that she hasn't paid you a visit isn't it don't you think it's odd i happen to know you've written her many notes you're requesting a visit she hasn't responded even to the notes you may lose your wife tennyson i hope you're fully aware of that are you staying here behind the glass for the very reason all your agony may be slipping away from you why didn't you leave tennyson why didn't you leave right now it still not might be possible to save your marriage, Tennyson, I saw your wife again. She's getting into a little European sports car. There was, you know, a nice young ma- fellow driving it. Your wife, your wife, your wife, your wife, wife, wife. Today's April's Fool's Day, Tenson. You remember April Fool's Day? I think it is named for you. Only a fool would stay in here as long as I. you have knowing precisely what's happening. On the outside, your wife, I mean, Tennyson. Your wife, 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 Tennyson. His answers must cease. you got to get out of there. You really do. Why? Well, I, I could tell you some stories about your wife. How about it, Tennyson? I might see my way clear to giving you $5,000. dollars will pay off a lot of your debts. it will brace it for your wife. So to compensate the months of loneliness. How about it, Tennyson? 5000 6000 Tennyson. You're an idiot. You know that, Tennyson? You're going out. You're going out of your mind in here, there. I know you are. You're ready to call up the walls. Listen, Tennyson. Can't stay in there, another, in there one more hour. Not another half hour. I wouldn't have believed it. A year in that room and not one word out of him. Two minutes is all the poor devil has got now. Two more minutes. Look at it, Archie. Look at, not like the face of a happy man, would you say. Rather a momentous occasion, isn't it, Archie? you just droid yourself much as I told you Shootwood. would. Your little mind is a gracious, gracious Alfred. Besides, it's not yet ten o'clock, whether it, it is or whether it, it isn't. The structure I'm talking about has already taken place. There have been ugly rumours Archie, things that have been done to him, but like, besides innuendo suggestions. Gossip about his wife. You place such a poem for him on, on a Archie, Be kind of acted like an old man. Please don't go to trouble denying it. I'm sure much of it's true, but the ugly affair has proved two things, hasn't it, Archie? That a boy down there is stronger than you gave him credit for, and Chris is considerably weaker. How could he have done it? How could he have done it? It's possible. Ah, the, me, me my disadvantage, Mr. Tencent. Rather compromising situation. You forced me into a position rather of rather disfacial candour. The truth is I'm a fool. I haven't any money. After offered you thousand dollars and five thousand. It would have been had to go out I would have had to go out the street to beg even that amount, let alone 000, 000. True, a half million dollars. It's true I've pride, bearing taste exceptional breeding, but I had lost many most of my money some years ago. Now you forced me to cover the situation, proving Mr Tenson, proving that the two of it, us you are far more substantial. I will naturally resign. I will not ask you to suffer my presence any longer, Denison. You can talk. Your time is up. Net, up. You can talk, gurgle, sing, chuckle. Anything you want. What's he writing? What's he doing? Why doesn't he talk? Why does he doesn't he say? What he say, Archie? What did he write? Doesn't say. It's uh, it, didn't he say something? I knew I would be able to keep my part of the bargain. So when he. Get, I knew one that I would not be able to keep my part of my bargain, so one year ago I had my nerves and my vocal cords severed. Mr. Jamie Tenderson, who almost won a bet, but who discovered, somewhat belatedly that gambling being be the most unprotective pursuit, even with loaded dice marked cars, or as in his case, of severed vocal cords. For somewhere beyond him, the wheel has turned, and his number came up black, thirteen. If he didn't believe it, Arthur Kilpier had a very special and handled roulette in a twilight zone